News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Welcome to Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Doris Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning. And I'm Alan Gilbreth with DarkOakMedia.com. And that's our buddy Max over there behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And uh, I don't know, Max, you should start introducing yourself. I don't, why am I introducing you for it? Is it? I don't know, because I'm behind the glass. Okay. You can hear me anyway. I think next week, I, I want you to start introducing yourself. What anyway. am I going to say? Am I Mac- and I'm Maximilian behind the glass? Yes, that's exactly what you say. Okay. <laughs> just like uh, just like the way the gorilla would introduce himself from behind the cage. You know? I, and that's uh, the same. <laughs> no, your guys are the gorillas. I'm the kid with the peanuts. Anyway. Well, all right. <laughs> you know, hard, looking at the studio, Joe, I yeah. hate to admit it. I think he's right. Yeah, I do too. So anyway, uh, and and of course, we also invite you to go to our Tool Talk Radio Facebook page where I've already uh, posted the must-have item of the week. And um, Alan has got some past episodes of shows up there. There's a lot of action. We also invite you to uh, join the Tool Talk uh, Radio community and uh, give us a five-star review. You know, start Mm. subscribing. Do 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 the whole digital thing too. Uh, Join forget. Joe and Alan in the cage. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, don't also don't forget we have tooltalkradio.com with all of our past episodes there yeah. and you can follow us on YouTube and Spotify. Absolutely. So, and Alan, uh, speaking of 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 critters, I guess you could say in Critter Wars, it's interesting. We have sort of two two focuses today. One is, uh, I, I guess we're going to call this a war. The other is, I'm calling this a solution. It's a, a Critter mm, Wars solution. Yes, indeed, indeed. Instead of just you know going to battle, let's let's work in harmony. Let's and I figure guess, it. Let's figure the issue out. Yeah, there's a group mm, in yes. uh, in California that's working on that. Um, we have a <laughs> we have a 30 years of stupid, of course. Oh well, boy, do we have one. Why wouldn't we? So we have our must-have item of the week. We have other things. We have some we have some positive segments too, not just uh, celebrating the stupidity of mankind. And of course, <laughs> later in the show, Alan, we've got our bad homeowner confession. We have a pretty good one today. And uh, we invite you uh, later in the show if you want to join in on that. Uh, just give us a call at 901-683-0989. And uh, if it's interesting, probably text it in, too. Texting is always oh, yeah. good. So uh, we'll throw that in in the mix as well. So it's all coming at you today on Tool Talk Radio. But before we get to any of that. And now, Tool Talk Radio's weekly salute. Sometimes there is a thin line between success and failure. In many Olympic swimming matches, it can be a thin line between a gold medal and a second-place finish, or even a last-place finish. Um, When it comes to 1970s Saturday morning live-action children's television programs, there was a thin line between wholesome, fun entertainment and nightmare-inducing images. (laughs) Oh, oh, yes, there were. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm looking at you, HR puffing stuff. Oh, boy. During the three years he spent studying at stunt school, Max, the producer, learned that there is a thin line between successfully pole vaulting through the second-story window of a flaming building and a six-week stay in the hospital. (laughs) Hey, but um, uh, you guys, the whole school never prepared me for the mental gymnastics I have to do now. Absolutely. I told you, you got to get a lot of speed on the liftoff, Max. (laughs) And, of course, on one noteworthy occasion, when Mm. Alan Gilbreth was flying a homemade experimental aircraft which he designed to look like a scaled-down version of a Klingon warship. Mm, 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 mm. (laughs) Alan thought it would be fun to do a low flyover at the nearby county fair. 
However, he soon learned that sometimes there is a thin line between a relaxing afternoon in the friendly skies and all-out pandemonium, as he discovered when he made the unfortunate mistake of dipping too close to the cattle pen, where an overzealous cowboy mistook Alan's aircraft for the scout ship of an invading alien army and, <laughs> and shot out Alan's left engine, necessitating a very messy emergency landing, during which his aircraft sheared off the canvas roof of the baking tent, ricocheted off the perimeter fence of the Tilt-A-Whirl, crushed the cotton candy wagon, and finally ground to a stop 10 feet in front of the fortune teller's booth, who, to her credit, never even stood up from her chair and casually remarking to Alan as he climbed out of the cockpit, I knew that was going to happen. No. <laughs> <laughs> she knows her stuff, Alan. <laughs> uh, you know, I still keep in touch with her. What can I do? Absolutely. <laughs> yes, sometimes the thinnest of margins makes all the difference. And this especially holds true when it comes to insulating your homes. <laughs> While rolled insulation mm -hmm. is critical mm -hmm. for our walls and ceilings, our windows and doors face unique challenges when it comes to keeping out the hot or cold air, and that is when we turn to the remarkable material that we celebrate today. My friends, we give you weather stripping. Uh, Alan, I hope you did some research on this. To be honest, I was too uh, intrigued by your whole encounter with that fortune teller well, and the I, aircraft I, and everything. But uh, The one thing I forgot... <laughs> <laughs> is those Klingon birds of prey look like giant geese. Yeah. They, and you know, in the <laughs> south, a giant goose flying low oh, is a yeah. bad place to be. And, and, and you know, armed just, cowboys, mm, it's a bad combination. Yeah. But but Alan, weather stripping, you know, what's what's interesting about that is we, you know, we also use it on our cars. Any anytime you have uh, you know, with doors and windows, they oh, yeah. move, they have to open and close. So what do you do with that little gap that, that's left there? And then well, here comes weather stripping. It, well, you know, weather stripping is the next evolution of just basically caulk. You think so? Well, you know, you go back to the very earliest possible days of human dwellings, and right. the big thing was stop the, stop the draft. Sure. Yeah, little, I wonder what they did in the old days. They stick a fur under the door well, edge or something? Or, well, I mean. you're not horribly wrong. Yeah. Of one of the very first weather strips out there that was cute was to create a basically a gravel bean or rice filled sock and uh -huh. just lay it across there. And they, they still sell stuff like that at the big box store, Alan. That's funny that you say that. It's like almost like a gel filled. It's real heavy, yep. and you just lay it there at the bottom. And if you go to any craft fair this fall, you will see draft bunnies, draft grannies, draft ballerinas. Oh, you're right. How about draft father-in-laws or mother-in-laws? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's been known to happen. That's, uh, that's right. You see, they're decorative. It looks like a, it looks like a big... Uh, Dachshund is laying in your exactly, front door. Or exactly. Yeah. So okay. you're kind of getting that this has been a whimsical part of human habitation forever. Right. And now the materials have changed. Of course, you know, we started out with just basic mud. You know, that's just kind of really? like we have a crack, you build up the mud around it, and now you don't have wind whistling around it. Now, how'd they open the door? I guess I'm just. You know, well, you must had not a, have been that much fun. To well, open you had an close. edge, and then let's talk about the threshold. Right? Does anybody know any idea why we call that piece of weather stripping a threshold? I bet you're going to explain. I so, am. Yeah. Okay. Of before we had quote unquote flooring, you had threshing. What oh, is threshing? Right. 
grass. Tell us what that is because I know. It's okay. wheat, you, you go thresh the wheat. You go cut down the wheat. You knock the seeds off. In, in the Bible, I thought they talk about the threshing floor, which is basically, aren't you throwing the wheat up in the air and then all the grain and stuff settles at the bottom or something? Right. And you take the... Right. You but then th you the, take you get rid of the, the chassis part. Right. You take the chaff, but that's now nice and dry and has all these wonderful properties to it. And you took it inside and you made it your floor. Uh -huh. And you had a thresh hold, aka a little tripping bar at keep the door it from going out. to keep the thresh from walking out of the door with you. That Thus, is interesting. You carry your beloved for the first time over the threshold hmm. into the house. That's interesting. So, you know, kind of welcome to that little bar there at the bottom. Uh, its original purpose was to keep your loose flooring from wandering the neighborhood. Interesting. So. Well, let me let me ask you about the other stuff, though, because we have in, in most homes, the outside door has like a little metal strip. That's right. uh, it's it's like a flexible one. But then we also have like a foam, you know, like a flexible rubberized foam type thing. I, I would have to imagine that was sort of revolutionary right. when it Late came out. Uh, late 1880s when the Indian rubber plant was discovered. Right. That's when stuff got interesting because now suddenly tires were possible. But that same material from chickle to rubber was easily formed, easily malleable, and now, you know, would fit, ooh, between that gap between the window and the sill. Yeah. Or you could mold it to go across the bottom of the door. And the modern world of weather stripping began. That's very interesting. So, uh, you know, and and I just like to think about what the difference is if you don't have that. I'll tell you, I've been on, I've been in places oh. where the weather strippings failed, and it's a especially if you live, a, you know, in Chicago or somewhere right. cold. Man, even one little gap. You talk about those air jets and everything. Yes, you walk just, by that thing, and it will get your attention. It, when weather stripping's doing its job, you don't think about it. Nope. But when it fails, you you <laughs> believe me, you know no. about it. So, uh, yeah. of course, in the modern world, we have all types of different closed cell foams and stuff like that, and self adhesive. Absolutely. So now it's really easy to put on. It's very inexpensive, but it can honestly, especially you getting ready to go into summer. Really good weather stripping can save you hundreds, if not thousands of dollars a year on your HVAC cost. Absolutely. So the next time you get into your car and it's not soaking wet because the weather stripping kept right. the water out, and the next time you're uh, it's summer and you're staying nice and cool in your home, thank mm -hmm. the weather stripping. Absolutely. So. Okay. You know who else I like? You know, speaking of staying hot and cool in your, in your house, Alan, mm. you know who's the master of that? And I'm sure he's starting I, to get busy because it's oh, it's going to get warm. It, it was warm heart. yesterday. Yeah. Our good buddy Larry Brown from Brown Refrigeration. Boy, um, it it this has been the weirdest April I can remember. The weather's <laughs> been I mean, honestly, I had a winter coat on last week. It was cold, and now we're, you know, now we're gonna probably be in the mid upper eighties. I'm sure Larry is swamped. He yes. always is. But uh if you have any HVAC needs or if you need to clean up the air in your home, and especially now, just just open the windows, let the sun pour in, and watch all those little things floating in the air. <laughs> That's what you're breathing in. Well, yes. You know, so uh so when you when you get the get your hands on these Remy Halo systems, for example, oh boy, my gosh, does that yes. freshen up the air. And of course, all the smart home technology. They just they do it all and they're just very accomplished and they're just you, you feel like you're in good hands uh, when you're when you're dealing with brown refrigeration and honestly it's kind of a relationship you know it's not like they just install your hvac system or service the system and say goodbye see you later i mean it, it's sort of a you build a a rapport with them mm. and, and anytime you have questions or anytime you need a service you get in touch well and you also do your tune-ups 
Right, exactly. Where they can come out and make sure everything's working good for the season before you get into it. Yeah, they're the best. So get in touch with uh, Brown Refrigeration at 901-362-1881 or go to brownref.com. All right, Alan. Um, so it's uh, <laughs> I, that was pretty interesting about the. Uh, I, I liked our discussion about the weather stripping, but it's time to change gears. Okay. Hail science! <laughs> I remember this time. Okay. We're, we're going to that gear. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, you're up, sir. So, what do you got for us in science this week? Well, so? uh, well, since last week we were uh, talking about recycling, reusing, and repurposing. And yesterday just so happened to be Earth Day. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's let's look at some of these new technologies. Of let's look at recycling. Of right now, you can buy a deck material. You, I mean, usable right now at the house of deck material that's not exactly made out of wood. I've I've used that material, Alan, and it's actually good stuff. Now, um, which are you talking about? Because I think I think the one I've used was Trex decking. Yes. It's sort of a composite material. They right. take it, a lot of things and they grind it up. In old, it. old bags, tires, yeah. uh, sawdust, leftover wood particles. And so here you have a whole lot of waste. Yeah. And it becomes a truly amazing product. Because mm-hmm. uh, that stuff is rated well over 20 years. It's, I, it's, it, it has to be. I mean, it's it's... You could leave it under water, and it's just going to sit It's not going to rot. It's right. not going to. So as far as your decking and that kind of stuff goes, so we're starting to see a lot more recycled, repurposed, and reused products, chemicals, and other such moving into mainstream big box stores. Oh, yeah. Yep. So uh, another one I saw recently at the supply store, um, I'll even give the company a shout out, was the uh, really useful box company. Uh, <laughs> it, I kind of like their name. It just cuts right it, to the it's chase. It's kind of like, like, what is this? It's a really useful box. Yeah. Of It is a big plastic tub. It's black. And again, it's made out of nothing but recycled plastics. Right. And I have been using these things to haul anything and everything for years. Right. Virtually indestructible. Of They just do it. It's, and they're inexpensive. And the other thing is, you know, they don't cost... That much more than a fresh vinyl tub. Right. Here's the good, good, solid recycled materials, and it's ready to go. And if they're made from that, uh, one has to believe that uh, when you're done using it, then it's going it to get recycled. It can also get recycled. That's um, sort of the thing. I guess it was, you know, if we can get caught up to all these years of just creating, you know, or making plastic but not doing anything with it afterwards. That's If we can get away from that formula... And, and mm-hmm. just continue to, you know, I, I like that notion a lot. Well, so. uh, I've also got caught up a little this week in the HVAC world with uh, all of the new coolants, uh-huh. the refrigerants. Because you know, that we, is new. Yeah. Uh, that That is now in full force. R22 is now of uh, basically no more in the United States. Yeah. So we're getting into having to use uh, alternative refrigerants. And I will give the refrigerant community mad props. They, um, uh, and instead of just grumbling about it and why can't we have what we've always had, they have really done a great job of getting in and coming up with better alternatives. I, I never asked you this, Alan, but I'm going to put you on the spot here. I should have asked Larry when he was here last mm. time. Why is R22 
Uh, what what's the problem with it? I'm guessing it's environmentally not Bingo. great. But why right. why did they get rid of it? What let's, was the problem? Well, let's go back to the 70s. Do you remember the ozone hole? <laughs> Do you I remember we still the big, have that? So. No, no. Well, oh. we've actually healed that up. Oh, good. And that was part of a of fluorocarbon chlorofluorocarbons were a a basically we thought an inert gas mm-hmm. and. They started using them for everything. So if you used any type of underarm deodorant or hairspray or anything oh, aerosol, right. anything in a can, uh, this was a, a easy gas to use. What we didn't understand was that when it got into the upper atmosphere, because it didn't break down, um, it would begin to chemically react with the ozone layer. And thus we began eating it away. So that was the chemical that made it possible for air to compress and blow out of that yes. deodorant can or whatever. It, so, it, yeah. it was the e- it was the easiest choice at the time. Right. And R22 is very similar in the fact that it was the first great choice we came up to. Mm-hmm. But as we say, everything has unintended consequences. <laughs> no it's it's 30, 40 years later yeah. that you got to go, oh, it's not as stable as we thought. Right. It breaks down and becomes other things, which cause other problems. And it goes up. That's interesting. And it just, it doesn't dissipate. It just sort of just goes. I'm just picturing like almost like a bubble of gas going up and just right. floating up and hitting the, is that what it's you're, doing? You're close enough. That's, That's a close enough idea. Yeah. And what we're, what we're discovering now is that a lot of the ideas we had in the post-World War II, the 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. We had this massive manufacturing surge, and a lot of stuff seemed really easy at the time, but we didn't understand necessarily what the ramifications might be 20, 30, 40, 50 years later. Yeah. Uh, pesticides, one, you know, close to my heart, gardening, of we had some great pesticides that, well, we found out they were way too stable. And didn't disappear into the natural, and they didn't break down in the natural environment. Uh, and quite frankly, I'm fond of fish. <laughs> you know, I, I like a good catfish. Yeah. I, I like a nice piece of flounder. Yeah. I, I don't want pesticides from the 60s right. still hanging around in my catfish today. Yeah. So a lot of times, you know, some of these uh, things that have come and gone, you know, so, you know, we used to have fluorocarbons in our hairspray. Now we don't. Well, it took us a while to figure out what they were doing. Yeah. And once we figured it out, again, kudos goes to our manufacturing section because they went, okay, can't use that anymore. I got a better idea. Let's, let's move to this. That, that, so in that vein, it kind of makes me think that's probably the future of plastics. That's the future of any, any type of packaging or whatever is to make oh. it out. They're, they're looking at the ingredients that go into making plastic. Like, you know, if we replace this with something that's organic, it'll break down or something. And exactly. You know. What we can do now is build in a lifespan. Right. Yeah, exactly. Or, or you know, and or maybe even build in um, or you, you get like uh, we were talking about that. Um, uh, bio, yeah, biodegradable plastic or the uh, microbes that like to eat plastic. Absolutely. To kinda, you know, but I, I think we can get there. Like I said, I'm not all doom and gloom. No, I, I no this we, is actually a very positive section because we really have caught on that. OK, well, we did this in the past. Great. Let's let's admit to it. 
Let's do something about it, and let's do something better. Yeah, and and you said the R22, all the uh, – so the HVAC guys, I will say, you know, I know Larry Brown. He's always quick to adapt. And in fairness, folks, um, they were announcing for years that this stuff was coming to an end. So it's not yeah. like they just cut it off and, you know, no, there was – I think they had like five or six years to prepare Very for long this, lead so. up to it, yes. Yeah, so pretty pretty interesting stuff, Alan. So, well, uh, in a minute, uh, we're, we're going to take a quick quick break in a second, Alan. But um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at our list here. Do we get to the third – let's get <laughs> – Let's let's have a little fun. Let's get to our thirty years of stupid oh, because although it yeah. is uh, showcasing human stupidity, I think there are lessons to be learned. So I mean that's uh, that's what we're all about here. Yeah, yeah we have lessons <laughs> to be learned. Absolutely, <laughs> just like to profit from your suffering. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's all coming up. You're listening to Tool Talk Radio here at News Talk ninety eight nine The Roar Memphis. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Floor feels a little gritty here. Yeah, we ran out of floorboards there, so we painted the dirt. Pretty clever. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. <laughs> I can't promise I haven't done that myself, Alan. And welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studio. That's a delicate operation to be able to paint dirt, so actually props to them. Uh, Thanks. I'm Joe Thorderson with Doors Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from Dark Oak Media and the ever-present uh, Max behind the glass, who really threw me for a curve with that rejoinder. That's a good one. <laughs> I like that, Max. You're welcome. Uh, you can call or text us with your comments about Max's rejoinders. <laughs> at not, at the, I'd rather uh, not. At the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And, of course, we invite you to go to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page. Give us a like. Check out all the action over there. Uh, check out the must-have item of the week, which I've already posted, Alan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got ahead. Of, I got ahead of things today. Made sure all I right. stayed on top of. It. And actually, this is a pretty cool device. I have to admit, and it it's is. an outgrowth of some of the um, some of the things you've been urging me to do over the last <laughs> year. So over the last ten years. Yeah. Hint, hint. It's a battery-powered, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, tool and everything. So anyway, uh, but um, Alan, let's uh, let's dive into the dregs of home improvement. Oh, looks like a loose nail. Yeah, one out of 25 ain't bad. <laughs> you don't have any code violations, do you? Nope. How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? What do you think of the house that love built? <laughs> oh, shoot. Max is just having way too much fun with that stuff. It gave me too much power here. Yeah, what are you doing, people? Uh, anyway, uh, 30 years of stupid, Alan. We've got oh, two stories oh, of woe today. Gosh. And I think, you know, not only do they uh, celebrate the stupidity of some people, but they also um, give us a lear- a, an opportunity to, uh, you know, to learn as well. So. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a, uh, oof. Where do we start, let's, Alan? Let's start. All right, well, walking through a home inspection. Yeah. And walking by the closet, and, you know, sometimes you see things and your mind just doesn't quite grasp what you're seeing. I've been, you know, not, so, to, not to change gears, Alan, but when you go to a convention, folks, it's the same thing. You walk by and you're like, okay, William Shatner is sitting right over there. Yep. And it doesn't register. It seems like it shouldn't really be happening. Is that a poster? Is no, that no, it's really, really the No, person. that's really right, him. Right. He's sitting there. So it's the same thing when you see something so outrageous or just so you unbelievable walk, you don't believe you're looking at it you so. walk through a home you're used to seeing the occasional extension cord or little uh outlet cover something like that right yeah of course. so i'm standing there and i walk by and 
my mind just kind of goes, you know, get the little tap on the back of the head. He goes, no, you need to back up. Yeah, that, go so back. I, that I was walked a... back, and there is an extension cord plugged into the wall socket. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't go out into the it doesn't go out into the room and doesn't go down the, the wall. It goes up the wall. Ah, okay. It goes up about a foot and then it's been stapled carefully on either side of the cord to the wall. Into the sheetrock. Into the sheetrock. Okay. That doesn't so, seem like it's gonna hold very uh, well. No, but, it no. <laughs> yeah. We we have yet begun to have fun with this one. Okay. It goes up the wall, gets about Eight, six feet up, gets about six feet up, turns right, yeah. heads to the corner. It, now, it's stapled about a foot every inch uh, as we go along this way. Yeah. Turns the corner and goes back to the closet door. Now we're getting there. Okay. Comes across the top of the door frame, goes over the door frame between the door and, and the it, door frame. And it's still being stapled every foot. And and goes into the closet. Now, stapling into the wood is going to hold it. In fact, it may even damage the wire. Oh, you, well, <laughs> welcome welcome to my thought. Yeah, because that's not a good As idea, it's nice folks. and squeezed yeah. down right there. Right, okay. So I open the closet door carefully. And yes, it really is run between the top of the closet door and the door facing. And is now looped through a coat hanger stabbed into the ceiling with a workman's light hanging from it. Wait a minute. So they go to the trouble of uh, stapling, but then they just loop it through a coat hanger. Yeah. So. They just got this baby into the... And I'm like, I can't even begin to count. So they wanted a light in their closet. Yeah. And this is the solution they yeah, came from. So. I can't even begin to now, count. Now, there's probably the people ideas. out there going, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. What's, oh. what's, what's the problem with this? So so why is this uh, uh, 30 years of stupid, Alan? Oh, because I, I think I see the... <laughs> There's a few red flags for me, but go ahead. So, All right. All right. How about we'll just start with an improperly installed inflammatory device, better known as a light bulb. Right. Because they were using a, not an LED, but an honest-to-goodness incandescent light bulb. So it's, which is it putting gives off, off heat. heat. It's putting off heat. Right. Uh, one, this is not the kind of thing you hang in a closet, so it shouldn't be there. Two, it shouldn't be dangling from a metal coat hanger. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like that bad movie said, no metal hangers. Don't right. do this. Um, it should never be anywhere where it is constantly being rubbed on. See, to by me, something. that was the thing. If you've got the hit, the top of the door oh. rubbing against a wire at some point with staples in it. Oh, yeah. Because the staples are going to damage gonna rub. the wire. Oh, oh, they're yeah. going to, they're, they're going to, yeah. So, yeah. So it's, it's. Well, for one thing, it's ugly, too. I it's mean, not attractive. I just wonder how much trouble it would have been to just install a lights, you know. All right. Uh, there are an in, there's an entire category of battery-powered tap-on lights these days. Well, that's a good That last for years. You know, that's a good point, Alan, because a closet light, you don't need it on all the time. You probably put it on for a minute or two while you're getting your shirt, or if you even need that. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, and this was a side pantry. This was not a, this was not a closet anybody used with any regularity. That's a good point. Yeah, just get the old uh, battery-powered little round thing. You stick it on the wall, you're done. Boom. You know, with the LED technology today, the battery thing can be good for five years. Yeah, okay. So, so yeah. we're calling this inventive ways to electrocute wow. yourself yeah. or burn down your house. So. <laughs> now, you talked about one. I want to sh shift gear. Let's move outside, Alan. Okay, let's go outside. We're, we're going to call this finish your siding. Oh. <laughs> And, and oh. tell us about the site. You, you really saw a lot of uh, bad workmanship this week, didn't you? Uh, so. I did. It was just it, it was one of those things. Okay. 
looking at the house, walking around the house, everything looks hunky-dory. It okay. looks fabulous. Yeah. The siding's in good shape. The cinder block work at the lower part of the house was some of the best I have ever seen in my life. So it was over, it had a crawl space. It has a crawl space. Okay, I got you. But it was because the cinder block work was so perfect, I found the problem. Okay. Because I just, normally when you when you're looking at brickwork and stuff, there's a little give here and there. The mortar's not always perfect. There's it's a crack brick. Always there's a separation. Yeah. Joe, this wall was as beautiful a wall as you have ever seen. Right. I actually got close to look. I was like, man, who Somebody put this really in? nailed it. Somebody this. really got this. And I saw it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there was about half an inch to an inch between the top of the cinder block and the bottom of the siding. A half an inch. Okay. So, so there's enough I think to I, put your yeah. thumb. You turn your thumb sideways. There's that much of a gap. Now. The, so you're looking at the, basically you're looking at the two the two by four plate I, at I, the bottom of the. I'm looking at the join stud. You're right looking there. at the stud. Well, not yep. the stud, but yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. looking at the join. Okay. And the simple fact is the wall doesn't extend over the cinder block. <laughs> so the siding is just bringing it even with the cinder block. And I get down there and I look in there. And of course, this is now your, what you would call your ground level contact point. Yeah, so no kidding. For, for so anybody, you've got wood. It, you got wood. And it's probably not treated. Well, it doesn't matter whether it's treated doesn't, or not. It it's, doesn't, it's it should not, not be exposed. It's not good. Right. It is crumbly. It is old. It is chewed on. It is a cricket highway. It is... <laughs> And it's three inches away from your baseboard, and it's and, oh your, and your hardwood floor. So basically, you've got a you've got an exposed stud instead of just running some flashing, a flashing. Or doing All anything. My just... kingdom for an inch of flashing. <laughs> it's just they just, they just didn't do it. I, they got down to this very last piece. And all you had to do was run a little. I mean, one inch wide piece of flashing okay. across that bottom. Question, Alan. Many questions, actually. Oh. So here's what I don't get: when you when you run siding, people, uh, and I'm assuming this is a this sounds like a 1970s house. I don't know why. I'm just I'm I'm always quick to throw them under Built the bus. Built in the 60s, sided in the 80s. Okay, yeah. so whatever. So basically, they tore it off. I thought you start. I always start siding at the bottom, Alan. So how is it that the bottom is the part where it's missing? I know Why it's did, like right as you're here, as you're getting started. Just put the piece of flashing. I know and what then happened. Start. I I I can see this in my mind, Alan. I know exactly what happened. They were they were one guy on one end. They were standing up. <laughs> They put the flashing out. They're looking down. They don't see right. that gap. They don't. They got about see five gap. boards up and go. Oh, doggone it! But they just kept going. Kept going. We're not removing all this siding. We're just going to keep going. And then somebody forgot to go back and flood and whatever. I don't to know. Put man. some kind of sealant or something underneath there. So I mean, it's it's not a horrible fix, but it was just the fact totally that unnecessary. It was just the, just. I, a one inch of flashing, just a one inch strip of flashing around that would have been, you know, would have been the perfect wall. That is, it, it, that's like a termite buffet, right? It's going to get wet. It is. It's it is exposed. A it's easy yep. for any bug to get a hold. Yep. I mean, ants. Any anybody, they they they'd well, be happy to set up I, headquarters I'll, there. American cockroaches love to eat wood. Sure, and they'll be in there. Uh, uh, what is those wood boar beetles? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, crickets. 
Oh my gosh, crickets. Look at a little cricket highway along in there. And heaven help if you got ants up underneath there. Oh yeah. Yeah. They'd be making nests all up and down through the siding. It's gonna turn into a turf war. So oh, folks, if you're gosh. ever wonder if you're ever looking at the uh baseboards of your home, no. or if you're ever looking at a weird patch of your <laughs> of your hardwood floor that's warped mm. and kind of not behaving it's that right. One there, spot that always squeaks. You might oh. want to go outside and look at what's going on. You know, just beyond. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, Alan, those are pretty two pretty uh, pretty solid ones. And I'm sorry you had to uh, experience that. But on the other hand, it's always nice that we can uh, celebrate other people's stupidity. We, we <laughs> <laughs> celebrate. Yeah, and you know, learn from uh, you well, know, what you not know, to do. Happily, they were both fairly straightforward, simple fixes for the new homeowner coming in. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I like your idea too with a. Uh, with some of these um, battery things, like for that light, just oh, yeah. stick something on there, and uh, you know, yeah. But there's, the, the, we live in such a blessed time that the problems from 30, 40 years ago have such wonderful, elegant solutions now. Yeah, absolutely. And if you put like two of those in there, boy, yeah. you're gonna light you, it up like you a could Christmas land tree. aircraft. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, not not bad, Alan. It's it's a pretty interesting <laughs> stuff. So, uh, in a minute, we're gonna uh, we're gonna shift gears and get to our must-have item of the week. But before we do that, Alan, you know who I want to celebrate today? Uh, a, a man who would never he would never uh, forget to put the siding all the way oh, down. Gosh, he would never yes. he would never make such a rookie mistake. They run. A very tight operation over there, and that's our buddy Jay Hill with Big M Roofing and Remodeling. So, oh, yes. For one thing, they're um, GAF, Master Elite uh, Installers. They're five-star accredited with the Better Business Bureau and good housekeeping. But also, the great thing about Jay, besides his dynamic personality, <laughs> is the fact that Jay is a, a former insurance agent. So, when you have roofing issues and um, it's possible, you know, the one thing you, you, you might be qualified for... Uh, replacement or repairs from your homeowner's insurance. I mean, that's why we have it. Right. And uh, it's not just a simple matter of picking up the phone and calling them and saying, hey, are we uh, good for this? No, you got to have yeah. an advocate and you got to have somebody that understands the process. And Jay Hill is a former insurance agent, among other things. So he knows the entire protocol. He's He makes, this, he makes it fun. Alan, he's replaced your roof, my, oh my roof, gosh, yes. Brandon Olmstead's roof, yep. uh, and, and 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 several others I've referred Jay many and, times. And, and I got to tell you, Joe, it's impressive to watch him and the adjuster from the insurance company. Oh, that's entertainment speak alone. Yeah. In insurance, yeah, because yeah, they got their own lingo. Because they got all these forms and all these 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 acronyms for the stuff they do. It's an amazing conversation. You know what to watch it reminds happen. me of? Have you ever gone to a foreign country? Like we, we went to Italy once, mm. and and you have your interpreter with you, right. and he's talking to the other person in Italian, and they're da 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 da, and then they tell you what they just said. It, That's it, what it's like for for exactly, Jay. yeah. <laughs> so he he can interpret all of that for you. So, but they do great work, and it's you know the the other thing we we keep forgetting to mention is these lifetime transferable warranties. Oh yes. It's roofing system these days. It's not just a matter of putting shingles up. It's not up. slinging shingles anymore. No. no, it's it's a full comprehensive thing, and that does a lot to add to the value of your home and just the peace of mind that you get when uh, the next time it rains. So uh, get in touch with Jay Hill. You can call him directly at 901-484-5645 or go to BigMRoofingAndRemodeling.com. All right, Alan, uh, I think you're going to get a kick out of this next one. <laughs> It is our must-have item of the week, and I'm going to introduce it by, uh, listen up, folks. 
Yes, I have brought a power to. <laughs> I've brought a dangerous uh, cutting instrument into the studio. I hope I don't get sued. I probably didn't want to advertise that. <laughs> and yet the audience is still cheering for you. Yeah. But and, this, and at any moment, I'm expecting a program director to hit that door. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> this is an item, Alan. Uh, five years ago, I never imagined I would have even bought one mm-hmm. of these things. Just because, you know, we've had our discussions in the past about uh, battery-powered technology. Right? But tell people what uh, what we've got Well, here you have there in your hand the battery-powered mini grinder or mini cutter. Well, depending upon the blade you put on it. Right. I know why I know why the audience is cheering. It's because I finally have an excuse to kick you both out of the studio. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there we go. I might have just yeah, we might be in trouble. But it's uh or you could say it's a mini circular saw. That's what yep. it reminds me of, Alan. But you're right, depending on which attachment, this thing so it's a mini blade. Yes. Um my only I'm I'm just gonna say real quick, my only beef, Alan, is it's if you're cutting something that's three quarters of an inch thick, it right. just stops short. Like you can actually I mean, cut through it and then just breath. bend yes. it and cut it with it, but but um man, you talk about something. It cuts through wood, it cuts yes. through tile, it cuts through PVC, it, and it's it's as portable as it can be. You honestly could put this in your holster, Alan. So, I do. Yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> and it's um the the battery part of it I like is because it's interchangeable with the um with the other uh, tools that I've got. I've brought in my um reciprocating saw, my drills, my uh you know. Screw guns and batter and uh, battery powered lights. Now you just need to bring a nail gun into the studio. Well, mm. it, it may it. be coming, but but Alan, what's handy about this? I gotta admit, this company knows what they're doing because all of their batteries interchange. Right, and it it's got some torque to it. I mean, I mm. let, that was my thing in the past is just the 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 torque and the right. cutting power, but they've really improved them a lot. So well, again, proper proper tool for the proper job. Of you loved to make fun of my little twelve volt micro drills mm-hmm. for years, and if you got really honest about it, and I say I work a lot in commercial buildings, and I don't need a big honking. You're torque, not going to haul you know, around a two hundred foot extension. Cord, I don't. I don't know, need do the. That. I don't need the big bad. I don't need big bad John the drill ninety five percent of the time. What I need is to be able to. Work above my head for ten or fifteen minutes at a time, mm-hmm. ten feet up on a scaffolding, you know, up working on lights or working on uh, fittings or right. something like that. I don't need big heavy equipment now. For those times where I do need the big heavy equipment, I got news for you: they're battery powered now too. Well, uh, that's what I'm wondering because I know they got battery powered, just regular old circular saws. Oh, just- I'm- Oh, I'm uh, tempted. I that's probably going to be my next thing. You know what? I'm probably going to get myself, Alan, is I saw a battery powered fan because uh, I was oh. working outside yesterday and it got a little toasty working out in well, the sun. So I, you know. I, I I have both the fan and the LED light. Yeah, and I got news for you. We were working in an attic uh, two days ago, and. I got news for you. That fan made it bearable, and that light looked like we were looking for UFOs. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was bright. Um, I will tell you, shifting back to our mini circular saw, mm-hmm. Alan, one thing this is great for is if you're if you're ever building a fence, folks, because there's always those times where, um, you know, depending on how you're building it, sometimes you got to trim off an inch or so. Right. Like the ground will take a dip or the ground or comes up. Or there's that tree root. Or there's or that there's tree a, yeah. root. Instead of whipping out your circular saw or your, you know, miter saw or something, you take this and honestly, you can, you, you, you pull it out and just zip right yep. through it. Cause, uh, 
because fence boards are usually less than three quarters of an inch. They're, right. They're, a they're half bit, inch. Right. That's what these are perfect for. But um, and actually, I suppose if it was an emergency situation and you had to operate on somebody, this would cut through somebody's <laughs> chest cavity, right, Alan? I mean, if. Uh, <laughs> If it uh, came down we need to it. disclosures for the show. Yeah, how many <laughs> how many lawsuits do we got racking up? No, but it's good. And um, uh, get several blades because I think the next the next thing I'm going to use this for, Alan, is uh, cutting through. I want to see what how it cuts through tile because uh, it does a wonderful job. However, I will warn anybody if you use this on tile, make sure you put up a towel or something on oh, the splash yeah. side because it's gonna fling. Yeah, it's gonna flame. Uh, yeah, maybe do it outside. Yeah, but well, I yeah, will don't do it inside. I could see well, that. Well, right, when I did it inside, what we did was just basically hang a damp rag. There uh, you go. Just hang a damp rag, and that way, when we were doing those little touch-ups, especially around a toilet, mm -hmm. where you had to get the little weird angles sometimes, that thing was. I, it was just so nice to not have to not get up, stop what you're doing, walk out to where your your blade is. Do the thing and come back and see if it fit in. Right. This was that fits. Okay, good. We're done. And we just we just beat the we beat the dust by little Mister spray bottles and a, a good big wet towel that somebody could hold up. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that. This has nothing to do with our must have item, but now that you mention it, that's a quick little a wet rag or a wet towel, especially oh. like you said. If you if you put it up there, I use that sometimes for sanding sheetrock which i hate right. i hate drywall work but if you take instead of uh letting that so you know what i'll do t sometimes alan is i'll take uh like a wet a wet cloth and i'll gently sand it because then it just lets the dust go straight down right. and it catches it but i like your idea because if you're if you're cutting with something and you put the towel right up there it's just going to stick to it like, yes and then you go hose it off when you're yep. done or shake it out or something so douglas adams was right a towel is one of the most important things to have in the universe oh yeah he's not wrong and especially with uh that's another gosh that that might be another must-have item of the week a simple towel just get oh, yeah. an old towel that you're not using anymore and better don't known throw as it the out. junk rag yes I've, I've you know I, i've got several of those and they make actually Nice little mini drop cloths too, mm -hmm. as far as things that you can, uh, right. you know, put in there. So, but um, yeah, I, I do have to admit, Alan, the um, the improvement with battery technology has opened up all sorts of things. I think this is really probably just the beginning of all the battery tools we're going to start seeing. Oh, I can imagine all the applications coming up because I mean, drill. It, it's like I said, once they got it, where for one thing, it holds more. It holds wow. the charge longer, but also it, the capability of giving you more torque really opens up possibilities. So. Well, the other thing is also the size has come down so much mm -hmm. uh, because we're not having to handle the fins and the big electrical generator like we used to. Yeah. Now, you you go find Grandpa's old drill hiding out in the shop someplace. You fire that thing up. You will see sparks inside of that thing. Oh, yeah. From the fins flying around and the power being generated the new the new generation that we have here smaller lighter much more compact of i was using uh was using basically what we would quote an air hammer uh -huh. earlier this week yeah no it was 18 volts and was the size of the drill and worked perfect i'm just wondering too Al, in addition to that maybe uh you know one of my favorite tools is my bench saw which is basically a mini table saw i could see getting to a battery-powered version. Do mm -hmm. they have those already? They, do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they sure do. Okay. 
Yeah, I mean, because if you could just if you could be out on the job site and you're ripping four by eight sheets of plywood or things like that, well, you get you know. Now you can bring it a lot closer. Yeah. Instead of having it way off in the corner. Yes. Yeah. I I, I got to admit, and uh, gosh, I'm sort of sad to admit, Alan, Old Blue, my uh, power drill, which I love and I'll never get rid of, it has not been getting much use lately. No, Old, old Blue's <laughs> about to become Old Bronzed. Old Blue might be framed and put over the fireplace mantle. That's right. But anyway. All right. That's our must-have item of the week. Well, Alan, the first hour's in the can, but we've got some juicy stuff coming up, including our uh, confession line. You're listening to Tool Talk Radio here at News Talk 98.9 The Roar of Memphis. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. News Talk 98.9 The Roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. And welcome to Hour 2 of Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry, and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from darkoakmedia.com and our pal Max behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And you can go to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page and uh, give us a like. Check out our must-have item of the week, which we've already discussed. And apparently, Alan, uh, it... It seems to have triggered a few people. Oh, Not right. triggered, but uh, somebody said they thought this this mini um, battery-powered circular saw looks like a uh, broken drill with a CD attached to it or something. Yeah, I can believe not that. Not horribly, yeah. uh, not not far off the mark. I guess if you took a CD and just carved edges into it, it probably... Hopefully it doesn't have they, the cutting power apart. of a CD. What would the cutting part power... Yeah, because I think a no, CD would crack. And, they, uh, they, don't ask me why I know. I'll just say it flies apart. Alan knows these things. So, uh, <laughs> you know, um, and then... So in this hour, Alan, we've got kind of a... We've got a double... Critter Wars. Part of it, we're going to say, is sort of uh, going to battle against mm. the critters, and then the other is how to live in in harmony with the with the uh, with the it's animals. And so, I suppose it's a you know a solution that we're, that's being offered uh, going out in California. So, um, we we've got a few things, and of course, like we say, we'd love to take your calls, especially uh, or text, especially if you've got a bad homeowner confession, mm. such as the one we have coming up now, oh. Alan. <laughs> you all here because I need some honest answers. Yeah, they all kind of broke. So, when do I start? There is a basket of oil-soaked rags above <laughs> a wood-burning stove. Are you out of your mind? You put a jet engine on a lawnmower? This time, they are going to be held accountable. This time, they are the ones who will pay. <laughs> This guy paid, Alan, so uh, he didn't leave a name, funny and, funnily enough. So, And, and, and uh, Alan, we you, we were talking about this last night. This is actually going to uh, oh. trigger, oh, this is going to, uh, I don't know, lead to another discussion after the fact because we feel it behooves us to uh, to dive deep into this. Yeah, subject, this, so. this is going to take a little digging. So this is uh, coming to us from our Tool Talk Radio confession line. Mm -hmm. Dear Tool Talk Radio... I hate cutting. Oh wait, is that the? That's last week's, Alan. Hold on a second. No, that, that's the guy that poisoned his. They lawn. They already paid. That's yeah. the guy that poisoned his lawn. So uh, we gotta, you know, and, uh, and and guys, please don't round up your whole yard. It's just that's just tacky. Where did it go? Oh, here it is. Sorry, um, Alan. I got the wrong. I, I I pulled up last week's. Here's this week. So this guy. Um, he wrote in to tell us that uh, he was digging out in his yard. Right. He was putting in uh, a fence. He was putting in a picket fence okay and uh he was digging down and he got to about the seventh or eighth hole 
and he was going down about two feet. He wanted this he's, to be... He's getting serious, right? Which, because I think the frost line here in, in the Mid-South is 18 inches or something. If you're yes. wondering what the frost line is, people, that's to get below the freezing so that the posts don't swell up and, you know, expand the, up. The, and the frost doesn't lift or lower your post, right? Anyway, he got to, he got to like, this one, and he, he hit what he thought was a tree root. It was brown. Oh, no. oh, it was no. kind of, you know, yeah. dark and muddy and everything. And he's like, well, I better really pound this thing through. Oh. So he slammed the shovel into the corner of the, uh, he slammed the shovel into the corner of the, uh, what he thought was a tree root. And he had heard sort of a clanking, breaking pottery mm -hmm. sound. Mm -hmm. And Alan, apparently what he did is he had cut through the side of his main clean out, or his main yep. line drain, which is made out of terracotta yep. pipe. Yep, we sure did. <laughs> <laughs> and he said this was the most expensive. Um, this was the most expensive picket fence yeah, that he's ever. Yeah, because then ever he had built. a big hole dug in his yard. Oh, all right, Alan. So is this? You know, I can't. I, I sort of sympathize with him because I've hit my share of tree roots when I'm digging, mm. and it's true. If you if you kind of you know hit it at the right angle, you can probably break through some of those pretty well. And um, but Alan, we've we've heard those PSAs and those public service things saying. <laughs> Think before you dig, which is sort of what we're going to discuss when we come back, uh, or you know, after the fact. But Alan, uh, what? Okay, what's going on here? I, for one thing, like my mainline drain, I think is made out of uh, steel. It's 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 metal, so I don't know. Well, you're you. I'm going to think real quick. Age of your house, you're 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 going to be a steel pipe, right? Of every new construction out there of since eh, 15 years ago, so it's all going to be PVC. Okay. And, however, Memphis is not a new city. We no. have some old parts of town. We even have parts of town called Victorian. <laughs> yeah, and, Victorian Village. Right? And yeah. guess what? It's going to be terracotta. Okay. So, but terracotta, so I guess I'm wondering, I didn't get all the gory details as far as how much damage this had to cut. But I would think in addition to whatever chunky broke off that it would, I mean, it would probably cause splits and maybe well, i don't know it, it sounds bad in that one section he would have had to have that one section replaced the problem is now you done found it yeah and you broke it right so at this point you might as well replace all of it the whole wait that's not that's that's a pretty big job alan yes that's digging up your entire front yard maybe that's what he did because uh if you, if this is one of these things, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. But the minute you break any part of it, you're probably going to be fixing all of it. Uh, there are a number of homes in Memphis, and it's, and it's hot and cold. And for those of you listening outside of Memphis, look at the age of your neighborhood and the age of your city. Your downtown area and your early residential areas there's a pretty good chance you could have concrete tubing, you could have terracotta piping, you could have a wide variety of uh, not PVC substances down there. Is PVC the optimum one? Because that's what they do nowadays. And that's the biggie today. And the real reason is, is because we can chemically seal PVC. Right. And what that does is it keeps the tree roots from being attracted. They don't know any water is flowing. They through don't there. know there's water flowing. It's like through the it. great escape from uh, right, Steve you know, McQueen, when, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> of with the terracottas and stuff like that, the ceramics, 
they act well they're made from dirt therefore right. they have minerals and stuff contained in them and tree roots and shrub roots can find it it doesn't really think anything of it it's just dirt and it can encapsulate it and of course if it finds any the slightest drip mm -hmm. it's going to exploit it right and if you've ever seen a sidewalk exploded by tree roots you understand a tree is really patient. The tree always wins. It's, it's just that slow. It's slow yeah. power. It's going to pull right. it apart. Yeah. Of, So basically for him, he accidentally found the terracotta. And somebody's like, well, aren't those things eight feet underground? Well, some were. I think it depends on what part some of the yard weren't. you're digging in. Yeah. Well, and also depends on what's happened to your yard since your house was there. Right. Because 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago, your neighborhood may have been a hill and now it's a flat because oh, they put in no, a I new never road. Of that. That's a and good And they point. came in and they flattened and they leveled. And that could have been two, three, four owners back. Right. So, again, you really Prince don't Mongo know. Prince Mongo could have lived there, <laughs> buried you, his car in the front yard. You don't know. So, you um, yeah. know all too well. So, welcome to what can happen. And the problem is, once you know there's the problem, and you know it's terracotta, or you know it's concrete, and you know it's 50, 60, 80 years old, you already got to fix this. Well, you know at some point you're going to have to fix it again. You might as well go ahead and fix it all. Maybe maybe he did that. And whoever you are, Mr. Uh, Knuckle, wait a minute. Now, it didn't say whether it's a, a man or what we're just sort of assuming. I and, guess I fig figure it's a guy. <laughs> it may but not have been. Trust me, may not have been. Whoever that person was, though, um, I'm glad they didn't homeowner. just right, right. I'm glad they didn't just say uh, and just maybe just tuck a piece of sheet metal in there, bury it again, and pretend nothing happened oh, or no, something. Because then wouldn't, it's going to hollow out. Yeah, then you're going to get a sinkhole. Then you're you're going to get all hole. sorts of problems. So, yeah. so we w w <laughs> in receiving this. Uh, uh, you know, confession. We thought this is this is a good time to talk about checking before you dig. That's that's. There's a reason. There's a hotline. Or for you that put up too, a sign. Folks. Yeah. Or you put up a sign because I'll I'll throw in a commercial property that was miles from where they thought there was water, and I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. So that's going to be. Uh, we're going to get to that in a minute. So that's going to be our our that's going to be our public service announcement. Mm, we're going to talk about that. And honestly, Alan. I've hit things while digging. Oh, I'm yeah. going to share a horrifying story that happened oh, to me about 20 years ago. Before I do that, uh, you know who never digs through sewer pipes in their operation? <laughs> Cindy Williams with Shelf Genie of the Mid-South. <laughs> You're welcome, Cindy, for that great endorsement. <laughs> She's going, Joe, what a lovely yeah, image. Great yeah. transition there. Yeah. So, But no, if you've got any issues in your kitchen with, and I don't want to say issues, but yet yeah, some, okay, there's different challenges, mm. we should say. The kitchen is a untapped resource. Go ahead. I will uh, say issues. Okay. If you've got blank space or you can't reach stuff, mm -hmm. you got a problem. But it's also untapped. It's it's untapped potential. Because yes. if you look at any space in your in your uh, kitchen cabinets or in your pantry or I even in like your hallway closets or something, and you're noticing a bunch of s basically dead air where there's nothing happening, that's all an opportunity for Shelf Genie mm -hmm. in the Mid-South. They basically can, they have these full extension glide outs, which is great. I mean, for one thing, 
nothing it's there's no longer these issues of that thing's way in the back of the cabinet i can't right. even see it i can't even get to it or anything like that they they use every part of it and they uh, they give you full access and then sometimes people have issues with maybe it's also just a matter of maybe their uh mobility issues maybe they have a, a robotic hip alan mm -hmm. or maybe <laughs> <laughs> and and it, they just want the kitchen to run more efficiently or the bathroom or honestly one thing that we've uh talked about is uh maybe if you're in your kid's playroom they've got that closet oh, and it's packed gosh, with yes. legos and it's packed with all their toys and everything wouldn't it be cool to put a full extension that that encourages um your kids to organize the playroom and it, it makes it fun so so uh, get in touch with Shelf Genie in the Mid-South. They've got great solutions. Everybody goes to Shelf Genie School, from yes. the designers to the uh, to the installers. Everybody there is very well trained. And actually, it's you talked about becoming part of a community. You kind of become part of the Shelf Genie community. And it's, it's, uh, it's fun to work with them. And also, these consultations, they come in and they do a free consultation with you. And it's very comprehensive. So at the end of it, they're going to utilize every square inch of your kitchen cabinets to, to your advantage. So get in touch with Shelf Genie of the Mid-South. You can call them directly at 901-422-8225. And when you do, tell them you heard about it on Tool Talk Radio. Or go to shelfgenie.com forward slash Mid-South Memphis. So I think, um, you know, we talk about uh, Shelf Genie going on tour. They're always at events oh, all over yeah. town. I think they've got some other events. I know they're going to be at the Italian Festival uh, they, coming up next month. But, they have the party um, booth. They Every, do. They everybody's the hanging out in the booth. If you ever go to an event and you see the Shelf Genie booth, just go in there. It's it, where it's all awesome. the action is. So, all right, Alan, uh, let's let's <laughs> let's dig deep. Let's go back to our oh. discussion. We were talking before the um, before about this poor guy that didn't leave his name. We're assuming it's a guy. Mm. I have to believe it's a guy. Him that, or uh, her? Yeah. This this person dug through and was was. Just, you know, putting in, you know, for one thing, when you're, when you're, when your intention is to be working on something, he was probably all fired up yep. to be getting that picket fence installed. And all of a sudden Got it turns into a digger going and right. chopped right through that tree. All, right. all of a sudden it turns into, well, that's Oops. put on hold. Now <laughs> I've got to dig out my whole yard because I busted the terracotta yep. drain pipe. Well, Alan, I've heard many of these public service announcements about, um, you know, calling what is it 811 i guess i should have uh, done my, my <laughs> research but there's a phone number you call and i i to be honest i've uh, never had to deal with them cuz i've only had one issue in the past where it happened other times i've i've already been able to locate things uh without having to call this company but uh what is it alan it so, is 811 okay so you call 811 do they just send out a consultation or do they, how does that work do you of, know? well they can even go so far as to come out and spray paint mark don't nice. dig here. Okay. All right. Where it's, there's where there's lines and stuff run. Yes. Yeah. Because the I would think that the things you'd have to think about is the water line, like the mm. uh, the the water line coming from the street, like where your cutoff is. There's obviously a water line. You don't want to hit that. Holy smokes! Well, I'd rather hit the terracotta <sighs> pipe than that. So. <laughs> there's water lines. There's cable lines. Occasionally, you will run into electrical lines mm -hmm. of. Again, I know in 30 Years of Stupid, we talk about you just don't know what somebody did before. Right. You really, you just don't know. Of We wind up, uh, a lot of times, especially in commercial properties, 30, 40 years ago, they thought it was a great idea to have this light up the lawn system put in. Yeah. And, well, they forgot about it 
30 years ago. Nobody's known anything about it for the last 20 years. Right. And then we get out there to insert a, let's say, water feature here. Yeah. And we're we're hitting power lines that are hot. I was about to bingo right there, Alan, because I see I've seen this myself and I didn't I wasn't digging. I was actually going out to give them a bid on this job. They wanted a pergola built way out in the middle. They had a huge backyard and they wanted right. a pergola. Um, actually, they wanted to replace one. They had an old one that was falling apart and they wanted this to kind of go over their hot tub, which is way out in the, right. in the line. Well, in order to have a hot tub, you need electricity. Right. You need you need and power water. You need, and yeah. water. Well, somebody back in the day. Just they they ran PVC pipe like a little you know three quarter inch PVC pipe with the wire inside of it, and I'm telling you, Alan, they if if they buried it, it's it was like two inches down. You could actually see where Ooh. parts of it were popping out of the ground, and I'm like, well, if somebody digs here or if somebody cuts the grass too short, <laughs> yes. they're cutting they're cutting through that. So th you know, there's there's people back in the day that have just you know. I They'll bury anything, not uh, to mention their hidden treasure or whatever. So, a true story on a, yeah. a on a commercial property. Um, the, the poor maintenance guy was just putting up the sign that said "employee parking." Okay, had a sign, little post. It's minding his sign, own business. Mind his own business. Way out in the far corner of the parking lot, finds a nice little spot next to the drive, takes his little hammer, nails this thing in. Yeah, I get the call three days later. We got water coming out from underneath the parking lot. <laughs> so this was a so slow. Got, so he didn't hear a. Like no, nah, he, he or, They yeah. knew nothing, and what was happening was he had basically split a water pipe that nobody had any idea was there, and was pressurized. Was part <laughs> oh, of the yeah. water system, and it had begun spraying down. Okay, because I was wondering, wouldn't he have? No, it was Wouldn't spraying it down. So what it did was oh, it tunneled he, back underneath the parking lot, found a crack in the parking lot, and began bubbling up like you know the fountain of youth. Let me so so just I'm envisioning this. So he hits the top of the pipe, pounds down, and Pushes it splits it down, the bottom, and it's spraying down. Yes. Wow. You talking about a sinkhole? And, it's and, like, <laughs> <laughs> and now they're. Uh, you know, but it's now 10 or 15 feet away right. from the sign that the water's coming out of the parking lot asphalt. See, you know, Alan, the thing about that is, okay, a parking lot's bad, but what if that was under the foundation of your home? Exactly. That's where you really get some problems. And so it, so it's mean, one of these things you just don't know. Um, if you've got a friend or neighbor that's got a... a what are, they, what are the things the guys go out there looking for gold oh, yeah. and stuff? Um, a metal detector. A metal detector. Right. Not a bad thing to check your backyard for real quick. Um, Although that's not going to find PVC or it's, terracotta. It's not going to find the water, but it will find the cable lines. Of Now, the other problem we had back in the 60s and 70s was there was the expression, contractors bury their dead. <laughs> so when they were really trying to build these subdivisions fast, right? Um, uh, there were a lot of companies infamous for not hauling stuff off to the dump. Let me ask you this, Alan, because I'm thinking of okay, I'm I'm just thinking of my house. So basically, we have a street. You know, we live off of a street. Our house right. is set back about thirty feet or so from the right. street. And in the in the probably almost just the dead center, if you were standing where the cutoff water line is to cut the water off from our house, it comes 
almost, if I was uh, standing there and looking in, it comes almost straight to where our bathroom is. Okay. Which is almost the center of the house, but just slightly to the left. So I'm wondering, is there a kind of a rule of thumb, like where the water lines would fall? or Because I'm just thinking, if you're digging way over on the side of your yard, it's not as likely you're going to hit if you're maybe digging somewhere in the center of your Again, yard. No. There is you no rule of no, thumb. No idea of... It was all pre-planned and pre-laid out and approved as that particular subdivision was built. Mm -hmm. But if your subdivision was built in the 30s yeah. or the 40s, right. those who has those plans? Yeah. And what's been done since then? Yeah, good so point. The, the trick is you just got to be careful and be aware because it's buried. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of almost like a little horror movie. It's under the ground. And it does give you that peace of mind that, uh, you know, and I don't know how, I don't know how much people are going to be digging beyond like two feet or something, but hey, as we've seen, you don't have to be digging that deep. You, you know? just don't know what they did. Right. So, um, I don't know. And, and I didn't even get to my story about the gas line that I once hit, Alan. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll bring that back, uh. <laughs> before we move on to our next topics and everything. But, boy, please, just, you know, we're big fans of the check before you dig. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you don't want to wind up like Mr. Terracotta here no. and, and bust the pipe and everything and else. They, so. And to replace that line, they got to dig up the whole yard. Yeah, and you Oof. just don't know what somebody buried. You know, mm -hmm. they could have buried no the idea. cable line. They could have been, you know, they could have buried anything. Treasure. They could have buried their dead, like Alan you, you said. You wish. You wish. <laughs> you wish it was treasure. Anyway, so we're going to do that. But uh, then also, Alan, I say we have a positive and negative story. And mm. Critter Wars is a, is a good way to, uh, to to make things interesting. You're listening to Tool Talk Radio here at News Talk 98.9 The Roar of Memphis. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis. I don't know what that's referencing, Alan, but it sounded oh, bad. Oh, how did you, were you following me yesterday? Gosh, <laughs> Max is on the job. Anyway, welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Doris Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from darkoakmedia.com and the ever-dynamic Max behind the glass, who is, I'm going to call him the unpredictable Man, I don't know what he's going to bring to us next. <laughs> you can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And I should remind people, if you've got a bad, uh, well, I keep calling it a bad homeowner confession. Really, we want to expand it. If you've got a confession, if you've used your tools wrong, if you've broken something. Do you have a homeowner adventure? If you've done, no, no, no. We, don't, we want failures. <laughs> if you've done something really stupid, you know, like... Uh, like this guy digging through his uh, terracotta drain pipe because he didn't bother to check in mm. advance and things like that. Um, we we want to celebrate with you. And it, there's a healing and therapeutic <laughs> benefit when you confess to something. You know, it just makes you feel better. So and you it gives like, us entertainment. Uh, yesterday when I forgot to uh, tie off the condensate uh, pump line before I opened the hose. There yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So That was a cold shower. Um yeah, exactly. That's not horrifying enough, Alan, but that's you're that's on it. the you're right on track. That right line, right. So you can do that any time of the week. You know, if you want to call or text any day of the week, do uh, shoot us a message uh, at 901-683-0989. And uh, if it's interesting enough, we'll read it on the air. And um, I suppose they can send us messages at tooltalkradio.com. They certainly Alan. can. Okay, so there's, there's lots of ways to get in touch with us. And speaking of tooltalkradio.com, you can also uh, hear all of our past shows there. You certainly may um, dive on to uh, YouTube and Spotify, among any other platform out there. And uh, 
while you're there, you know, give us a like, uh, click click a subscribe. That way, you can keep up with us, and you won't have to you won't have to remember. We'll send you a, we'll send you a little reminder every time we post a show. And uh, we we should give a shout out, Alan, because one of the fun things about mm. radio these days is it's not just what you hear on. Uh, on the air, it's what what's going on digitally, and it, it allows people from around the world to listen. Uh, and, uh, I would like to say hi to our friends in Germany that popped up a few weeks ago. You guys have been listening. Thank you very much. Uh, we've also picked up some new fans in Israel. Oh, nice. And, uh, of course, I, I would be remiss if I did not say hello to Jose and the guys all down there in the Dominican Republic. Yeah, we, Jose. We have, we, we, we got like a big following going down there. Jose, you better be careful because we're going to take you up on that offer. Oh, we're, I've never we're coming been to the Dominican down, we're Republic. Down. He said we have a place to stay He, he we said go, He so. said we got some crash space. So that's fun. If you're from if you're listening from outside of America or maybe you're listening from the outskirts, send us a message. It's yeah, fun to um, hear, you know, who's listening and where. Yeah, so. We'd love to get a message from you. So, all right, Alan. Okay, enough of the uh, sunshine and roses. <laughs> Let's get down to the nitty-gritty here. <laughs> That's the most foul, cruel, and bad temper rodent you ever set eyes on. I just wanted a hug. Oh, rats in the kitchen. Just like that delightful movie I taped in the theater. <laughs> you know, I get every reference except that one. I don't know the rats Ratatouille. in the Oh, that one. Okay. Well, your your favorite film. So. It is one of my favorite films, as a matter of fact. Okay. So. I like that Dwight Schrute when he's screaming when he's being chased by the bat. So I, I, I like the I just wanted a hug. Yeah. Well, Alan, uh, here we go. Critter Wars. Now, this is the thing. Usually in Critter Wars, we're talking, well, I, I don't want to say we're talking negatively, but we're, we're basically mm. talking about problems and we're talking about uh, we, rarely do we offer solutions. Well, so, uh, we've got a two-part story because we have some that uh, involve I guess going to war, and then others that involve trying to, you know, work in harmony. No, it's the critter armistice. <laughs> Is it an armistice? Okay. Well, this um, one actually, I'm gonna, I'm, a, I'm gonna start with the. I don't want to call it a negative, but it's just an observation. And okay. once again, um, this, uh, I guess I can mention her first name, Becky. Who, uh, gosh, this fence. This has been an ongoing. Right. I've been right. on this job for like two months. It started off building a uh, patio cover for, mm -hmm. for Becky, and then. Um, which I, by the way, I already built a patio cover for her brother Fred, who's one okay. of my. Uh, there's, awesome. there, it's like the whole family's working the, you know, working it, and then their their other brother has me lined up after I'm done over here. So okay. the whole family's awesome. doing it. But awesome. anyway, so this is the job, Alan. Where it, it it I told you about that. Like it's like a 180 foot brick wall, right? Part brick, part wood that they that the neighbor built, and it caused flooding issues. It's caused water problems, right? And things like that. Well, one thing that I've recently noticed, especially with all these rains that we've had, is that there's frogs everywhere. Yes. There's a lot. I guess, I don't know if they're frogs or toads. And I thought, oh, frogs are fun. But then on the other hand, I'm like, well, frogs might be an indication of a problem because they have a <laughs> lot of standing water that yes. they're dealing with. So I told you they had to spend 20000 on a you know, on a drainage system and all this other. But uh, wait, are frogs... Are frogs a good sign in our yard? I guess that's let's let's start there, Alan. All right. Well, all right. Frogs and toads are indicator species, so they're they're An telling indicator. you something, right? Well, because they, they want to eat. Well, ex uh, bingo. And yeah, let me tell you, frogs going. and toads eat a lot. That's interesting because you don't see them doing much. This one oh. frog sat there for like the whole day. I kept walking by and it just it didn't budge the whole time. That, that's okay. It looked like a little rock or something. Okay. But, that, okay. Well, of all right. One of the funniest things out there, people don't realize toads are really quite intelligent. 
I don't and doubt it. Yeah. You put out like, uh, as a matter of fact, a friend of mine has a bug zapper out mm. on the porch. Yeah, and she has four toads that thoroughly enjoy barbecue. <laughs> Do they sit beneath? And, they, and they catch every the, uh... night show up, and they're like one in each corner, and they sit underneath the bug zapper. And as it fries it, and, and a gr- moth <laughs> comes flaming so it's like out of it, toasted ravioli. Man, <laughs> it is, these are some very well-fed toads. Wow, um, they don't even have to. Ca- they don't even have to go to any no, effort. They just no. Um, in my fish pond at home, I have Mr. Froggenoff, mm-hmm. who is yeah. a very large bullfrog. <laughs> Who, by the way, eats, eats my goldfish food. Well, now that sounds like a problem. You know, I, mean, I, I go to feed the goldfish. You got to feed the frog and the goldfish. Of uh, So he is an indicator that the pond water is clean and healthy or he wouldn't be living in it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought you meant you were going to say, well, they have to eat. So it's an indicator that there's plenty of mosquitoes on. Here. Well, and that's where we're getting to to your yard. you got the standing water. That's what I'm that's, concerned about. Now I'm jumping from my pond, which is this big, stable, beautiful body of good, clean water. And now we're going to take that same pond and put it in your yard. Okay. And now you've got enough water standing and staying stable enough that you have attracted a frog. Right. right. And the frog wants good, clean, stable water. Well, if you've got good, clean, stable water sitting in your yard, you've also got water bugs, roaches, sow bugs, and you probably have a great breeding ground for mosquitoes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, because that's my thinking. It's like they're not there... They're not there to starve. Right. They want they want a food He's store, an indicator so. that there is something going on, and you have a new ecosystem going on in your yard. Right. And I will say too, later in the day at this at this job site, the the, the mosquitoes start buzzing around oh, yeah. by about five o'clock. I'm like, okay, here they come. So yeah, it's it's, like, it's on. Yeah. So the frog is the easy indicator because you can see him out during the afternoon. Yeah. He's out there sitting by the by the water. And if that water is standing long enough that somebody has thought that this is a stable body of water, it is stable enough to be breeding mosquitoes. Yeah, so if you're you're out, because we all love frogs. And it's funny you mentioned that, Alan. They do seem intelligent. Whenever you look at a frog, they look like they're figuring things out. Like they look like they're calculating. Oh, yeah, where's my next meal coming from? Right, they they look like they're thinking. They're not just sitting there like an idiot or something. But, but, um... I, I do think the other part is you don't want to run the frog over with your lawnmowers or things right. like well, that. So, I mean, we like frogs, but let, let's keep them at the lake where they but, belong. But he so. is an indicator. Yeah. If you're These are certain things. If you're seeing them, then you can now begin to make other assumptions. Right. See, I have a great big, huge goldfish pond. So seeing a frog out there hanging around the goldfish pond kind of lets me know the goldfish are doing fine and the frog's happy. Yeah. Now, if he was sitting in the middle of my backyard, that would be the indicator that he's happy that I've got a lot of water standing out there that's probably going to make me very unhappy. Right. Of course, your yard doesn't count, Alan. Your yard is like its own <laughs> like its own continent, I mean, back there. It's a very – you talk about your own ecosystem. So. I, well, it, it is a different world back there. Okay, so we're going to say fro- – this wasn't much of a war with that, but I, we it's are going to say war, frogs. It's an indicator. Frogs are like – yeah, it, when you see a lot of frogs in your yard, don't take that as a, a great it, thing. It's not necessarily the, the best of things. Okay, let's shift gears, Alan. Let's go out west because you told us about uh, – you were telling me last night about this story – in, in uh, I guess it's in L.A. It's in Southern California right. somewhere. But this this is an interesting solution because, you know, 
we, we deal with wildlife. And let's face it, we've encroached on them. We're the ones in our suburbs squeezing them out of their space. And so well, and they're moving sometimes in. they don't necessarily move. They, well, well, let's you know. let's pick on Memphis for just a minute before we go to L.A. because okay. they're related stories. Right. Of again, at a building late, earlier this week, I saw at dusk a raccoon run across a rooftop, run down a gutter line, grab the gutter as if he were participating in an Olympic gold medal event, swing like a gymnast <laughs> off of the gutter. And up into a hole in the soffit. Wow. That's some serious parkour. Alan. I, I mean, mean that's this, pretty I, was, impressive. I was impressed. Nice. Of and he was doing this whole rooftop thing so he didn't have to cross the road. Very okay. So I was wondering was why is he doing all these topping and wiring so he never had to come down to our level. That's pretty smart. He was making his he own. He knows the cars were a threat. He knows the cars and stuff. Now, uh being in the Mid South, we all know about deer. Oh, yeah. They're beautiful, but they will do a bad thing to your car. They also don't strike me as real smart. Not, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not I'm the. I'm going to have to say not the sharpest tools in the shed sometimes. Yeah. Sorry, dears, but. Uh, they, they really aren't. Yeah. Of So in Memphis, we, you know, we've got some pretty fair-sized roads. Of dodging a deer on occasion happens. It's we bad, a, too, like you said. I mean, they're, well, they're going to damage We even have a pretty car. healthy deer population in the city. Oh, yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, I've seen them in Cordova and places yeah, like that. I've, I've you know, pulled into Sherwin Williams and had them walk across the parking lot. Right. Yep. Uh, so can you imagine what it's like in L.A. where you have 10-lane highways like oh, 101? Insane. Yeah. Yeah. Massive things. There's really no way for a critter to get across that. And they're going to try. Oh, they yeah. Wanna cross. Oh, yeah. Get they want to cross. They want to cross. They're going to give it a shot. Well, I, I, part of the program they started out there was they began tracking wildlife. And they have kind of a of celebrity puma called, <laughs> called uh, I think he's called P-22. Well, t if he's a celebrity, they need to give him a catchier name. Well, but his that's his tag number. And you can kind of follow him all over the county yeah. as he wanders through la yeah yeah so he's, he's in the chaparral area he's uh, related to griffith park and people kind of track him as he wanders the la basin wait are pumas gonna attack people or they can kill and eat you yes yeah i mean a puma is a pretty serious this is cat. a mountain lion okay yes. yeah that's what but i wondered he's kind of the poster child for this idea and several people were noticing that 101 is where a lot of wildlife gets hit 10 lanes of highway. Yeah. However, there's a big wooded area on one side of it and a whole mountain on the other side. Right. So LA has begun raising money for an $87 million project that is going to be called, let me get the name here, I want to get it right, the Wallace Annenberg Wildlife Crossing. Okay. So Wallace Annenberg was big into uh, um, preservation. The Annenberg Society is part of this. And what they are going to do is they're going to build a wildlife-wide overpass over 110, tying the two wilderness areas together. Okay. A couple things, Alan. Why does a bridge cost $87 million to build? Yeah, you got to see this thing. It's huge. Well, it sounds it's pretty expensive, but... Uh, actually, not really, considering okay. the amount of construction they have to do over 10-plus lanes of California interstate. 
Okay, I'm assuming uh, several things. First of all, what if the animals don't like this bridge and decide not to cross it? How do you how do you coax them across? Second, I'm assuming people can't use this bridge, obviously. All right, all right, also, are they going to put bait? Are they going to put things to attract animals? Is this going to turn into a big street fight up there with pumas <laughs> and deer and everybody <laughs> going to battle? Okay. I just wonder about how they're keeping everybody in their lane. I'm, you know, I'm so. rolling up my sleeves. I'm ready for I, you. I, those are the questions that You're, I'm the ready every man you. is okay. asking. So. so, all right, well, the problem is we already got a problem. Yeah. We've already got the critters having problems and causing problems for the humans. Yeah. So instead of a normal overpass, a couple of lanes wide, this thing is going to be about 10 lanes wide. So it's a it's nice. It's big. Yeah. It's We're big. talking it's 100 feet across. So. And it's not going to be paved. It's going to be planted. Well, I assume. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So the animals. Now, wait a minute. Planted? Planted. With what? The type of small shrubberies and native plants that the animals would normally encounter on their everyday walks. Hmm. So it's not going to look different from one side to the other. It's just going to be a natural continuation of the environment. And I got the, more questions, but go ahead. All right. Because right. I'm the, thinking of watering the plant. You got to. Well, gotta, it's desert out there. It's going to be planted with drought resistant bushes and other things. It's going to have a certain soil depth. So maybe if they put cacti on the outside, it'll discourage them from jumping over the uh, edge. Well, the you know, edge, like a border with cactus. Well, on the it or edge something. is going to be bordered all the way up so the critters will not be able to jump off into, okay. I, in, into the. Uh, of, Lovely interstate below. Because that, that was my other question, Alan, is you don't want to make this a spectacle where it looks like Dr. Doolittle up there and it's causing traffic accidents because everybody's right. looking you're up. Not, at you're the, not going to be able to see the critters you won't crossing see it. Okay, this. You good. won't be able to see the critters crossing this. All right, cool. Um, yeah, and, and a horrible side note, when I lived in Kentucky, uh, one of the things that was tragic, I, 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 I mean, I, just tragically bizarre, was you have a lot of overpasses mm -hmm. up there and you... Very frequently, I hate to say it, have deer on the overpass and cars go across and the deer jump off the overpass. Yeah, exactly. And on more than one occasion, have they landed on or in a vehicle passing below? Funny you mentioned that, so Alan. At some point, dangerous. I'm going to share the story of my daughter's car that got hit by a flying mule. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, I, we'll I, get to that next time. I'm so, yeah. just trying to get the poor mountain lion to the mountain here. Okay, but 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 Alan, this this makes sense then because, like you said, this isn't a matter of you just slap a bridge up there, you stick no. some concrete. This has got. I mean, they have to think about erosion if they're going to have plants, if they're going to have. Um, they're thinking about watering maintenance. There's they a lot even of have that, mycologist involved to make sure the soil has the proper funguses and stuff living in it to keep the environment healthy so the animals will go across. See, here's what I here's what I envision, Alan. I hate to say this, but I'm thinking of some of these like Pixar movies like Zootopia right. or just some of these things. Right. Or you know, and I'm like, okay, what if the Pumas think it's pretty cool up there and they just decided to make their home on top of this bridge. Well, that's going to cause a bottleneck because nobody's going to want to walk through. How the do Puma. they keep them moving is my question. It's like how do they keep them from just hanging out on this bridge? Are they going to put little electrodes so that no, they... No, no. <laughs> All right. Here's the thing. Seems Animals, like a lot of, a lot of issues they got well, to work out. Well, but this out. is over an interstate. The interstate noise alone is not conducive to wanting to live here. Okay. So, well, I guess so. The, yeah. Right. The exhaust so you're going to have a nice wide bridge. It's going to look just like the natural environment so you can get from point A to point C 
without having to cross Interstate B. Okay. So this is going to drastically, all right, everybody's going, like, well, you're doing a lot for the animals. Now let's be mean for a minute. We're doing a lot for the people. Because nobody wants to run something nobody over. Nobody wants to hit a, yeah. Nobody wants to hit a raccoon. So you definitely don't want to hit a deer. And I can't even imagine accidentally running over a mountain lion. Yeah, no kidding. Because I, I, I have a feeling if you hit him with a Mini Cooper, you're just going to make him mad. Yeah. You yeah. know, I'm just pointing out. Well, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see, uh, has anybody else built a bridge like this in the past? Because I, I, I'm thinking of like... Uh, I've already got solutions. If, if you know, I'm concerned that the animals are going to camp out up there and make their headquarters and everything up on the bridge, bottleneck it up. Well, maybe you could have like a speaker system where if that happens, you play like a bunch of Barney music on loop or something like that, like they did with the, the terrorists and things like or, or something to make them not want to be there. Because don't they do that for raccoons when you're trying to get them out of an attic? We, that's for getting out of an attic. Lights, now, you do, uh, you know. Certain islands in the Pacific have built in, have built crab roads. <laughs> oh, I've seen that. Actually, where, they where make they a actually, big migration right, across they, the they road. They actually yeah. elevated the road and built uh, just a pathway underneath the road for all the crabs because millions of forest crabs are going down to the water to breed and then go back to the forest. Yeah. And now they can safely walk under the road on their pathways instead of going across the road and busting your tires. Interesting. See, you know, I, on one hand, I'm, I, I am very much a, a conservationist. I want to preserve the animals. On the flip side, I do like my truck. And yeah. I really don't want to be pulling some critter out of my tire well. Yeah, if they, um, you know, if they could save the the armadillo, that's the one that you always see on the side of the road. They, well, and that's because armadillos think they're impervious to everything. Yeah, because they they're armored. Right. Nothing can bother it. It doesn't understand that eighteen wheeler can bother it. Well, Alan, when is this uh, project supposed to take? To uh, it's get happening underway? now. Uh, they are working on it now, and it should be open in 2025. All right, we we, we should probably do a follow up report on that. That sounds it sounds interesting. Yeah, now, uh, well, down in Florida and a couple places in Alabama, Mississippi, they've built of uh, basically frog roads, <laughs> where the same thing, where they've got a, a, a path under the road. That's what for I was the say. critters That's subterranean. To, yeah. Well, what you do is you elevate the road up, and it's just like building a computer floor. Okay. So we hit a speed bump, we go flying, but the, the frogs are safe. So no, no, we're you never know. You're driving on the pavement, but underneath you, about a foot down, yeah. are these gutter ways that allow the critters to pass underneath you without you know you driving through a patch of frogs and winding up off in the ditch. It's very interesting, and I suppose um, there's probably going to be down the road there's going to be applications for our home too because I'm already picturing ways to. Uh, well, I don't know. Translate this to to your home as well. We but. love wildlife, but we don't want wildlife living in the house with us. Yeah. So there's there's a lot of things we can do to make our homes wildlife friendly, but not get into a turf war like you used to be with the squirrels. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna follow that. I would say all in all, that was sort of a positive critter war segment mm -hmm. for for us. So, hey, Alan, um, we don't want to get out of here today before we find out with the latest updates uh, with darkogmedia.com. <laughs> Who knows what there's gonna you know? Yeah. Are, are you getting in on the? <laughs> Is that uh, fortune teller from the salute also in the? Yeah, no kidding. Well, so. you, you know, she does have a show on uh, Dark Oak Media actually of uh, Spooky Stories with Kalila is actually doing pretty well. 
So if you'd like to pop on and hear people tell um, more uh, paranormal stories about their houses and what could be knocking around in there, feel free to pop in. Uh, again, scary stories with Kalila. The other big one, uh, Joe, I, I love to say is us. Okay. Of Tool Talk Radio and Geek Tank Radio both uh, keep gathering uh, subscribers and viewers and listeners around the world. Awesome. So, all right. So go to what? Darkoakmedia.com to check Darkoakmedia.com. it out. Darkoakmedia.com. And real quick, I want to mention too, if you've got a deck or a patio cover or a pergola or, you know, really anything made out of wood for the outside of your home, give me a call at 901-921-7105 or go to thorshomes.com. At least I got that shameless plug in. There you go. Gotta before get we get in. out of here. But I, pretty interesting stuff, Alan. I'm, it, it's it. And this is just the start. Saturday, it, there's no reason to turn, to uh, to tune out. Oh, there's uh, plenty of reasons. We got no. the uh, <laughs> got our racing report coming up. We've got um, you know Motor Mouse, and then of course later in the day we've got our uh, buddy Brandon Olmstead coming in for Geek Tank, Tank Radio. Radio. So it's all coming at you today. So so keep that dial tuned to 98.9 FM, the Roar of Memphis. But it's time to get out of here. So on behalf of my buddies, uh, Alan Gilbreth and our pal Max behind the glass, I'm Joe Thorderson. Thanks for listening to Tool Talk Radio, and we'll see you next week.